feel like it's is this gonna... more or less intense than you anticipated it well being? until this thing feels like it's gonna hit me in the nose <laughs> it was less intense but <laughs> you're listening to lead them to life where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive we have far more questions than answers but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey i'm your host emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to Lead em to Life. I hope you are doing well. This likely finds you amidst quarantine. Uh, wherever you find yourself, I pray that you are healthy, that you are well. I'm very excited about this episode. My guest today was actually a request of my husband, Matt. Jeremy, did I tell you this, that my husband was the one that said you need to have Jeremy Sorensen on? I was unaware of that until right now. (laughs) You were a request of my husband, Matt, who is um, in your men's group. And uh, I think after the last men's group, he came home and he said, Jeremy Sorensen is such good stuff. You need to have him on the podcast. And I said, okay, sounds good. What should we have him talk about? <laughs> and and I think he said, he just has such a good, like steady perspective on the world and approaches um, his family in that same way. And particularly when it comes to things like finances. So today we're going to unpack a little bit about that. But first of all, Jeremy, welcome to Lead Him to Life. Tell us a few fun, fa- a few fun facts about you. Who are you? Um, well, my name is Jeremy Sorensen. I uh, guess I'm a father and a husband first. And so I'm married to my amazing wife, Tracy, for 15 years. She really is amazing. I, I think so. I love her so much. Um, I have four children, uh, Will, who's 12, uh, Claire, who is 10, Kate, eight, and Peter, who's six. So we've got a busy, crazy, young house. Uh, I'm born and raised on a family farm in Minnesota. So it's been in the family for over 130 years. My brother still farms back there. And somewhere... Early in life, I decided that I did not want to farm back there and um, went into the world of finance instead, which some days not that exciting. These days, very exciting. Yes. No kidding. No kidding. And you're homeschooling right now because of coronavirus. Today was my first day as a homeschooling dad. How did it go? Um, Well, there were some technology issues that happened because we're all trying to figure it out at the same time. I mean, uh, teachers trying to figure it out, parents trying to figure it out. It's obviously not going to go perfectly. Uh, My sixth grader who does technology-based stuff on a daily basis, it wasn't a big deal. He cruised right through it, did it on his own, was very on task. Uh, My kindergartner took a lot more work and we we got through it together. one point, the technology failed, and we were on a lesson about um, solids, liquids, and gases. Yep. And so we opened up the freezer and pulled out some ice cubes and threw them on the, the stove and watched them change from solids to liquids to gases. Uh, so we improvised. Way we to made go, the best Dad. Out of it. Way to go. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's it can be so intimidating. Uh, but to just realize that a lot of us are in it together and we're figuring it out step by step. And um, yeah, sometimes maybe we make it a bit more complicated than it a bit more complicated than it needs to be. Pull the pull the ice cube out of the freezer and watch it melt. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I love that. That's so great. So, Jeremy, one of the things that I really kind of wanted to talk to you about is. Um, the fact that we're, we're in a bit of a challenging time right now in the world, um, in the United States, all over, in light of coronavirus. And you are a financial planner. You work with uh, individuals, couples, families, um, 
to help them kind of make a plan for how to live well, basically, mm-hmm. uh, how to utilize, how to be good stewards of their funds, um, et cetera. So I, first of all, based upon your kind of experience with clientele so far, based upon the people that you work with, how would you kind of describe the emotions right now of the people that you're working with? Are they all over the place? Is there a lot of fear? How would you describe what you're seeing? I think everybody's progressing through it at their own pace. And so some progressed faster um, and are kind of at an acceptance phase and an understanding phase, and some are still confused and uncertain. And then that changes day to day. You might feel confident today and tomorrow you're confused and uncertain because every day brings new information and new things to be uncertain about. Um, But you know, I always say that a life well-planned, there aren't any financial emergencies. And so for our clients, at least, we have contingency plans built in. Mm-hmm. And rarely do we need to utilize those, but this is one of those times where we're mm-hmm. utilizing those plans and having a lot of communication with people about, here's what we've been talking about for five years or eight years. We didn't know that it was going to be the coronavirus that would cause this hiccup in the financial world, but we knew there'd be something. There always is something. There's been something since the fall of man. And so this is what it is this time. It's the coronavirus and we'll see what it is next time, but Mm -hmm. we'll move through this as well. And so how do we implement those plans and how do we get through this? Yeah. I think one of the, I, on an earlier episode, I actually joked that it's actually a very true thing. Two of the biggest challenges for married couples, one is sexual intimacy and the second is finances. Yes. Um, and so in in this podcast, we talk a lot, obviously, about relationships, about marriage. And I want to really spend the bulk of our time together just talking about finances, marriage, how to your tips for how to help couples amidst that. Um, but I really think it's I really think it's one of the biggest challenges for many couples to kind of navigate. And I'm curious if I, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's something that that's very personal to yeah. people, right? I mean, we we were raised as kids to believe that we need to have successful jobs when we grew up and that we need to provide for our family. And I think it's su- even more so sometimes for men who want to provide, right? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if that's threatened, that I'm not able to provide, um, maybe it makes me less of a man, maybe it makes me less of a spouse, and not even if it's there's plenty of times where it could be the woman, right, that is providing for the family. And now all of a sudden that's called into question. And if that's your identity, which for some people it is, um, it it can be a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think the at the heart of that is is the fear that yeah. that people experience amidst it. And And you're right, it's so vulnerable because I remember early on in my husband and I's marriage, Thinking, and this is this is hard to say out loud, but I think my husband, we, I mean, we actually talked about it and we both had this similar sentiment at different times thinking I it would be so much easier if it were just me. Mm-hmm. If I had total control over this, I would have more money saved. I would be able to buy the thing that I wanted to buy because I would have more money saved, etc. And I... I was just attentive to the fact that my thought process was kind of working that way. And, and it was because there was maybe a moment of resentment that was Mm -hmm. building up in, in our marriage regarding how we thought we should spend our money or, 
you know, whatever, something yeah. that, we, that we purchased, et cetera. And, and yeah, so there's partly that conversation that needed to happen of, okay, we're a team in this together and we're going to do this together. Um, but then also, yeah, recognizing, particularly I think for, for men, as you had said, this provider mentality, even if they're not the primary breadwinner, mm -hmm. there's still this inherent, I don't know, thing about men, I think, yeah. that they have this desire to protect. They have this desire to, yeah, this desire to provide. Um, I don't know. Has that been your experience? It has. And I think then when, when there's not certainty and clarity in that, fear can creep in, right? I um, As I was preparing for this, I was trying to think through times in my life where irrational fear has existed and um one time that came to mind was um my wife and i had probably married for a year or two at that time and we went to california we were going to go to yosemite and it was going to be this great oh, time at yosemite and it was but uh we were driving in from san francisco up into yosemite valley and we were supposed to stay a night at a campground well, it was getting dark and we couldn't quite find the campground and then we missed a turn and this was before the days of GPS. And so we just kept going down the wrong road and we didn't know where we were going. And we pulled into this campground in the middle of the night and there was all these signs around that said, you know, beware of bears. Oh, and boy. it was dark and we didn't know where we were <sighs> and it was terrifying. Yeah. And we set, set up camp and went to bed. And the next day we woke up and it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever woken up in Seriously? my life. There was a lake 200 yards away that was crystal blue water and the sun was rising through the mountains and the mm. trees. But I can tell you that for the eight hours prior to that, I was terrified of the mm -hmm. place that I was in the world. Turns out it wasn't terrifying at all, but I thought it was at that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. the uncertainty mm -hmm. that caused that fear to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way out of that was through it. Right. The only way out of that was to not just you know, stop in your car and I don't know, end up on the side of the road somewhere <laughs> or whatever. Like they're the only way out of it was just through it and to go and to move forward and to find a place and, and to just, yeah, to find yeah. a place to be. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful, thanks for sharing that. I think that's a beautiful example, especially in light of the place that we're currently finding ourselves. Um, and, and for so many of us maybe dealing with some of these fears and, um, worries in our, in our families and marriages and that kind of thing. Um, but to know that there's a sunrise on the other side of this. Yeah. There will be a sunrise on the other side of this. There always is. Yeah. So for you and Tracy, how have you guys navigated um, just being a team? And and I know that primarily this episode is about finances, but I would love to hear your wisdom beyond that as well. You know, team parenting, um, a team in, in terms of keeping, running your home, et cetera. How have you guys kind of... Um, yeah, aimed to be really a, a team, a partnership. Well, I'd like to start with we're not always perfect at it. And there's certainly many <laughs> days that yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're not perfect. Yeah. So we should put that disclosure out there right away. I should but... put that on every podcast that I ever do, <laughs> like before we begin. Note that we're all trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with that in mind, you know, we found out early on that that communication is important, right? And so we don't have to communicate about everything. I mean, if you're at the grocery store and you decide that you're going to I don't know, buy a different kind of milk than we usually buy and it costs an extra 50 cents. We don't need to call each other about that, mm -hmm. obviously. But uh, we set a dollar amount early on in our marriage and it was a result of some, you know, disagreements that we maybe had. And it was 
if we're going to spend above this dollar amount, we need to talk to each other first. Mm -hmm. And we've kept that, I mean, through 15 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. If if it's above a certain dollar amount, let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we are not spending more than that without at least talking about it as a couple. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the things. Um, Then also, you got to find out what which each of you are good at. And so some people will be good at managing the day-to-day, whatever that is in, in your family and whatever those day-to-day finances are. And then there's probably another one who's better at the long view. So this is where we're going over the next six months or the next mm-hmm. year or the next 50 years. Um, and then play to those strengths, right? Mm-hmm. So have the person that's good at the long view, focus on that and spend time with that. Um, in our relationship, that's me. Um, Tracy's better at managing the day-to-day of what's going on and making sure that things actually fall into place. And Mm so we play to each other's strengths Mm -hmm. and we communicate back and forth best we can. And we fail at it often, Mm -hmm. but we do our best. So give me some specifics about what that looks like, because I think that's such a good example and can be applied to many, many, many different things. What, yeah, play to your strengths. What are your gifts? Where do couples... um, yeah, where where do they excel? Where can they kind of pull the other one? Um, you know, I just, I recognize that there's times where I think Matt is really leading us in something. And then there's other things where I'm maybe leading us and and we're stepping in for each other, kind of playing that game together mm-hmm. um, as a team. But in, but in your example, I think that's so common. So practically, what does that look like? Does that look like you're in charge of, the finances, you're in charge of budgets, that kind of thing. She's in charge of daily routine schedule. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you that's that's exactly it. Um, mm-hmm. So we, and we don't have it all the time, but we do at least once a year, try to do it more often than that. We sit down and we say, Here, here's our finances. Here's what last year looked like. Here's where we think we're going to go this year now. The events of the last few weeks have kind of upended that yeah, for no us kidding. and for a lot no of people. Kidding. But you have that conversation mm-hmm. and you think about that of, all right, here's here's maybe the resources that we've got available to us. Here's the time that we have. Here's the money that we have. How do we want to best utilize those resources and kind of get an outline of it? Mm-hmm. Do, do we want to go... Um, yeah. Do we want to go somewhere on a vacation? Do we want to do some home renovations? What does that that look like. Mm-hmm. And so we prioritize that. Um, and then I'd say that Tracy does a far better job of managing the day to day. All right, that's great that we're going to go on this trip, but here's the things that we need to buy in mm-hmm. order to go on that trip. Mm-hmm. Or this is great that we're going to um, paint the bathroom, but if we're going to do that, here's the items that we need to make that happen. And here's what we're going to do to take care of the kids when that's happening. And so she manages that day-to-day yeah. stuff a lot better than yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like a conversation about money is never just about money. Right. You know what I mean? And and it just it came to my mind as you were talking about at least once a year, really sitting down and looking at some of that. My husband and I have made a habit of doing a family board meeting mm-hmm. every year and just setting goals together of what we want uh, our family to look like, what we want our family culture to look like, that kind of thing. Um, and and I want to talk to you a little bit about family culture 
uh, because I think that's something that you and Tracy really do beautifully. You really create a culture around your family. You create a culture of adventure. You create a culture of service, um, just in the many things that I've seen Mm -hmm. you guys do. Is that something that you guys talked about early on in your marriage? Is that something that you continue to revisit? Um, Again, because part of that budget conversation is really the bigger conversation of what do we want our home to represent to our children and to us. And uh, it's not just about a vacation. It's what kind of memories do we want to create and what do we want to expose our children to? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So has that was that something that was early on in your marriage discussed or have you continued to evolve in that? Well, I mean, I think we make, we make a conscious decision to have activities that can bring the family together. And for us, Trips are a lot of times that, but they don't have to be extravagant trips mm-hmm. by any stretch. I mean, Camping I've spent, together, whatever, I've spent yeah. a lot of nights in a tent and I've spent a lot of nights um, driving for eight to 10 hours to get where we're going because, you know, we weren't going to fly there. And so we do things a lot of times that are on a budget and that makes sense for our family. But at the same time, I think it's important to to have adventures, to have those common things that you do with a family because... But those are things you remember. I remember um, we grew up on a farm and we didn't have a lot of um, a lot of money or time because you were constantly busy taking care of the animals, constantly busy preparing for the next season uh, with their crops. But it was always important that we went on a kind of seven to ten day national parks trip every August as a family. Okay, no wonder my husband loves you so much. This all makes <laughs> sense now. I'm getting it. <laughs> And those were some of the great times, right? I mean, despite the arguments that I had with my brother and sister and the disagreements that we had, um, we have those shared memories and those shared adventures together. And so that's been something that is important for me Mm -hmm. to bring into our family. And Mm so, yeah, that is one of the things that Mm -hmm. we've we've prioritized. But everybody prioritizes different things. And so just because that works for my family doesn't mean that works for all families. Mm -hmm. But you should find that thing that calls you and that you feel you can build family around and build community around and, and do it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is just prioritize something. Yeah. Be intentional. Um, Be intentional about what you're going to do. You can choose a lot of different things, but be intentional about it. Yeah. In light of kind of what's going on in the world, a lot of people experiencing um, concern about uh, job loss or economic uh, setbacks, et cetera. How do you continue to choose and prioritize those things amidst those concerns, amidst those realities for many people? Well, and that's where it's important to to recognize where you're at and recognize the resources that you have. And so um, maybe this is a year where if you were going to go to the Black Hills and spend time in hotels or cabins, you go to the Black Hills and you do it in a tent, for example. Mm-hmm. So you could still do those things, but in a, a different way. Yeah. Um, maybe it's, you know, if you were going to do a home renovation, so you were going to renovate your bathroom. Well, maybe you don't do the $10,000 bathroom renovation. You paint a couple bedrooms instead. Yeah. And so take time to prioritize the maybe those lower cost items mm-hmm. now and wait on the higher cost items until it makes more sense mm-hmm. to do those. I mean, this is a time with all the uncertainty out there that I mean, you really should prioritize 
liquidity mm-hmm. and you should prioritize making sure that you're not overspending during this time. Cause there's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of things that we can't control. Um, you know, Matt can't control his income at this moment. I can't control my income at this moment. Yeah. Many of the people that we're, we're talking to can't control their income because um, maybe they're, they're working at the restaurant down the street and all of a sudden there's nobody coming into that restaurant. Um, whatever it is, we can't always control the income side of things we can control the expenses side of things mm-hmm. to, to a large degree. And so mm-hmm. this is the time where we need to um, probably bring those into control mm-hmm. and let's really prioritize things for the next few weeks or few months until we get clarity on mm-hmm. this thing. And once clarity comes then we can do yeah. the other things, but let's, yeah. let's prioritize spending control. What you can control because then life isn't as crazy. I yeah. mean, when, when everything seems like it's spiraling out of control and you don't have control of anything, fear can creep in and mm-hmm. uncertainty can keep in, but find those things that you can control and take, yeah. take control of them. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with this question, but do you have any ideas for uh, those little areas that we might not think of that we can control? Um, you know, cause my, my immediate thought goes to groceries mm-hmm. or, you know, okay, we just won't eat for two weeks. That's not <laughs> practical, Emily, right. you know, like, so are, are there any ideas that you have for those little things that we might not readily think of that are maybe places of savings for a lot of people? I'm thinking even like turn off, turning off your lights, like unplugging, um, chargers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it'll be different for everybody because everybody has different areas where they probably spend a spend little, a little too much more. money. Right. Yeah. I mean, one area that just comes to mind is we're going into summer and a lot of people continue their gym membership through the summer, but don't actually go to the gym over the summer. I'm actually guilty. Or guilt- any time of well, the year. Well, I'm guilty of that is uh, <laughs> uh, one of the ways yeah. I release stress is by running. I'm yeah. a pretty avid runner. And so, you know, around 15th of October, I start going to the gym and I run mm-hmm. at the gym. And then around the 15th of March, I start running outside. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're past the 15th of March. Yep. My gym's closed, but I'm pretty sure I haven't turned off my gym membership mm. yet. So maybe that makes sense to look at those areas. Yeah. And everybody's got different areas of yep. those life, right? Yep. Um, you know, Yeah. recently my kids have been watching a lot of Disney Plus because Frozen 2 came out and all kinds of good <laughs> stuff on there. Um, and I don't know the last time we watched Netflix. Maybe we get rid of Netflix. And I'm sure that for every family, there's going to be those type of things. Yep. And then... I think the bigger thing is to look at those big expenses that, that you've gotten. How do you, how do you recategorize some mm-hmm. of those bigger expenses, mm-hmm. right? Of don't, maybe don't trade a vehicle if you're you know, coming up on, on that. And how can you. Push that back yeah, a little bit. How can, extend, how can you take, yeah. how can you not do those bigger purchases? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, Maybe don't buy new clothes for three to six months. It doesn't mean don't buy them for three to six years, but we could all wear our clothes for another three to six mm-hmm. months. So it'll be different for everybody what mm-hmm. that looks like because I don't know what everybody's individual budgets are. Mm-hmm. But find those areas where you can prioritize spending yeah. and really make a really do that at this point. Yeah. I have to be honest. I think one of my challenges is kind of finding a healthy view of money Mm -hmm. to be totally honest, because there's times where I'm like, oh, if only I had this much amount, then I just wouldn't have to worry about anything and uh, it would all be fine. And I could. And honestly, uh, for me, it's oftentimes uh, a greed 
mm-hmm. in some ways or even a materialism like i really want this thing or to go on this trip together and those can be beautiful things really good things but it can be disordered for me or i can also experience this total who needs it whatever let's just live on you know nothing and a and a real a total detachment from it as well. And and I'm curious just what you would say in regard to what's a healthy view of money in your opinion, especially for the Christian, especially for the Catholic that's kind of trying to navigate, uh, especially entering into this time of some financial uncertainty for many families. Mm-hmm. What's the healthy view? How can we approach this well and in virtue? I think one of the key things is to realize that we need money. I mean, sometimes we can... Uh, make money out to be this evil, evil thing. thing. Yeah. And, and maybe it is, I mean, it may be a result of the fall of man, right? That we need some way for us to peacefully exchange resources because otherwise we'd you know have crazy hoarding of toilet paper and such because Total there wasn't chaos. some reason for me to not buy it. I'd just buy as much of it as I could. Um, so we need that in society. And I think just recognizing that, that, that it's important and not that, that it's evil, but then Bring it into control. I think a lot of times we we don't have a healthy relationship to it because we don't understand it. And so if it's just something that, that comes in and it gets deposited in your checking account and then you wake up 10 days later and all of a sudden there's not any money in your checking account anymore, what happened to it? You don't understand it. Um, I think it's important to understand it. Understand what you're actually making and understand what you're actually spending and prioritize savings in there so that way when these events happen mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. you've got some savings to get mm-hmm. you through them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which actually brings freedom right you know i think it's i i actually i think it's funny that you use the word control because sometimes i think we look at control as a bad thing in christian in the mm-hmm. christian world you know like we want to surrender and that's and that's true and that's good but what you're actually articulating is being responsible, being a steward, having that awareness of how these things are working, what you're spending, what you're making, et cetera. It actually breeds freedom. Absolutely. And then when you have freedom, you can almost more authentically be generous. You can more authentically, um, yeah, support your family in the ways that your family ought to and needs to be supported or support your community just, yeah, more confidently, more securely, et cetera. Um, it really, it, it brings freedom, yeah, I think is what I hear you saying. I think that's, a, I mean, we're spending a lot of time today on the immediate, hey, COVID-19's here, there's risks to the economy that result from that, and there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And that that's where we need to be at, at this point in life. But We'll get through this again. I don't know if it's two weeks, two months, or two years from now, but we'll be through it. And at that point, it's so important that you have a longer-term plan that says, all right, I'm going to give this amount. I'm going to save this amount. And then once you've got those numbers defined, you can spend the rest of it freely and without any guilt. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you know that you're already putting money aside for your future, you know that you're already giving well to those causes that are important to you. It gives you so much freedom to be able to spend without guilt, um, to friend, to spend with confidence and mm-hmm. it gives you that freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One last really practical question. Yeah. Some people might already have a budget kind of set in place for their family, but if this is the first time or if they're, or for Matt and I, quite honestly, uh, honesty moments, 
we know that we need to do this, but mm-hmm. we just haven't, or we haven't revisited it probably in a year and a half. And it's, we've had a baby since then and all the yeah. things have changed. Uh, who eats a ton, by the way, I feel like our grocery <laughs> doubled when Magdalene came into the world. Wait till um, they're almost a teenager. Yeah, no kidding. I can't even imagine. Um, but what are some practical resources, anything that you would point to, to help people in the budgeting process? Um, any, yeah, any ideas? I know there's some apps and that kind of thing. Do you just kind of use an Excel sheet? What, what do you recommend? I probably overdo it. So I don't think we should use me as a specifically (laughs) great example, but the biggest thing is to do something, right? So I think the fear is that I've got to do it perfectly and you've got to build out a crazy Excel spreadsheet, or you've got to do some form of really beautiful budget. That's not true at all. Yeah, I, mean, I want it color coordinated and all of the things. Start with totally the basics, guilty. right? I mean, start with start with your last paycheck. Yeah. What did you make on that? Take that times the number of paychecks that you get in a year. Or maybe as you're going through the the uncertainty of the next few months, what am I going to make over the next three months? Or what am I going to make over the next six months? I mean, we can all figure that number out pretty quickly. And then what are you spending the money on? Mm-hmm. And do an initial draft of it and then a couple weeks or a month later, look at it. And you're probably going to be wrong with your first draft, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to think you spend more on gas than you do and less on groceries than Mm -hmm. you do or whatever the the particulars for your life are. I'm going to be shocked to see how much Qdoba I eat. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so be honest with it. Know that the first draft or three won't be right, but start doing something. Don't be paralyzed by the fear of I've got to be perfect at it. Mm-hmm. Just do something yeah. and get a draft yeah. of it going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, don't be intimidated. You just have to start. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. Well, Jeremy, I so appreciate you just taking some time to to talk with me uh, today, especially in light of everything kind of going on in the world. You are really, I, I was thinking this during our whole conversation, you are such a presence of calm amidst a storm. Just the moment you walked into my office, I was like, oh, I just can breathe. You just have such a calm, <laughs> calm presence. And, and I'm extraordinarily grateful. Um, one thing that I ask every guest at the end of my show is what's a question that you have been pondering? I am a firm believer that um, this is a place with more questions than answers. And it's by pondering questions and getting us to think outside the box that we really have a space, the space to grow. So is there a question that you have been pondering? It can be about anything in the whole world. Well, there's actually two, if, Ooh, I, if okay. I could. Um, so one is uh, when Bishop DeGrood announced that we weren't going to have mass for, the Diocese of Sioux Falls, yep. for, for an extended period of time, uh, his video message was outstanding in the fact that he pointed to uh, Jesus in the boat in the midst of the, the raging seas. And We've read that passage as a family many times since then. Um, we actually have a children's Bible that puts that into uh, simpler terms. Mm-hmm. And it's been really calming just to read that passage of the Bible and mm-hmm. to to know the calm that, that can come even when the seas are raging and even when the world seems chaotic. Um, part of that, the kids' Bible that we're reading uh, puts into, it phrases so well of the disciples... They were fishermen. They spent a lot of their life on a boat. They knew what the seas were like. They knew that storms would come up. But at the same time, when it happened, they were still terrified. And they needed, they needed the presence of, of Jesus there at that moment. And so we've spent a lot of time on that as a family of mm-hmm. the seas are raging. There is a storm. Life's chaotic right now. But 
this too will pass and we just need to find stability and trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, and I think I brought this up uh, in our men's group last week was how fitting it is that this is happening during Lent. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we spend a lot of time trying to say, I'm not going to eat candy for Lent, or I'm not going to do this thing for Lent, or I'm going to spend more time with my family during Lent, whatever it is. Um, this is causing us to, to sacrifice more than we probably would mm -hmm. have done without mm -hmm. this. Um, it's making us search for God in places that maybe we wouldn't have searched in the past. And I think there's a lot of, it's almost making this Lent more profound mm -hmm. and more memorable than it would have otherwise been. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of good that's going to come mm -hmm. out of it. I mean, yeah. simple good that will come out of yeah. it. We're all going to understand technology yeah. better when this is done, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> no kidding. We're going to have people that will understand their yeah. budget better when yeah. this is done. We're going to yeah. have families that are closer when this is done because they've spent more time together mm -hmm. and they've had to go through things together. We're going to have a common memory as as a as a family as a christian community as a country and as a world that that's unifying right i mean the the generation that grew up in world war ii they remember what that felt like mm -hmm. the people that were there on 9 11 i remember where i was at 9 11 yeah. we have this common thing that that connects us and we'll wake up someday and this will be mm -hmm. that common thing that connects us and that we'll remember and we'll We'll garner strength yeah. from that. But right now, we're wandering in the desert. It's yeah. it's a profound Lenten journey that we're on, but yeah. we'll and get out of the desert. how is the desert, desert going to bond us? How yeah. is the desert actually going to bear abiding fruit in the yeah. world? Yeah. Jeremy, thank you again so much for taking time to have the conversation with me. Um, yeah, your presence is a, is a great gift, uh, and I'm so grateful. Friends, please share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from it, especially share it with your spouse if you're married or in that stage of engagement. I think it's a really, really good conversation starter uh, to help us continue to grow amidst trying times uh, and to be reminded that there's great hope and that there's great freedom on the other side of this. Uh, you can follow us at SF Diocese or at Emily M. Leadum, and I'll be sure to tag Jeremy in the show notes uh, and give a phone number or an email address or website where you can find him uh, if you want to have a further conversation with him. Um, he's, a, he's a great assistant and a great help to kind of help us navigate some of these things. So I'll take him in the show notes and we will see you next time. 